and welcome to episode six of Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm not a doctor, but what I am is a storyteller, and I want to bring you stories every single week because so far we've looked at self-esteem. We've looked at stretch marks last week. We've looked at homelessness. We've looked at eating disorders. We've looked at a really wide spectrum, and it's resonating with you. The messages I'm getting from you are saying, do you know what? This has happened to me. This is an education tool, and that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted to, for you to be educated, and just know that you're not on your own. So, with that all in mind, let's talk about this week's episode. Two twins who were on shipwrecked earlier this year. The, the show that was on Channel 4 on the Sunday afternoon moved to E4 every single night for four weeks back in February. They're going to tell me about their experiences on the show, and also Georgia May Foot. You'll remember Georgia from getting into the final of Strictly Come Dancing back in 2015 with Giovanni. Before that, she was in Coronation Street as Katie Armstrong, and before that, she was in Grange Hill. She speaks to me all about the use of social media and anxiety. But first, we're joined by Danny and Sim Collins. So I do want to talk to you about body confidence. But first of all, you are twins. And I think within that, there's a lot of interesting elements to being twins. To be fair, we're so used to it. You know, our whole lives, we've been growing up together, we're like best friends. We do share the same friends, and same interests, yeah. dance together, perform together, travel together. So we're very blessed in that aspect. But like, it is difficult because... You know, if I meet a new, if we meet new people, for example, they'll go, oh, stand together, let's work out the differences. And that also can be quite damaging because, oh, yeah, you're slightly, you're slightly bigger, aren't you? And you're oh, slightly oh, thinner. Yeah, oh, your nose is slightly bigger or your lips are slightly bigger. Oh, your lips are slightly thinner. I prefer Sims eyebrows, eyebrows. And you're like, oh, my God, you're just basically nitpicking me. Yeah, <laughs> you're highlighting my insecurities literally <laughs> just, just, just tell us apart. But we've almost come immune to that because yeah, we're just we're used, used to it. To it. But that is difficult sometimes when you're having a bad day as well. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is that no matter what, you've always got each other. So when you were at school, and obviously you're walking around as a two, were you ever um, either really highlighted in a positive way, really popular because you were the twins, or were you bullied because you were the twins? This is very, very interesting. interesting because firstly hitting um, secondary school, we we were very we were quite popular. We had a lot of friends, and people really liked us. And we were known as the twins. But then we got to about year nine and year ten, and then things started to change. Girls started to, to get a little bit horrible, to horrible us. towards us. In what way? I it was. I think Whether it was, was down to like um, jealousy. We were like someone so like, close. Yeah, we were like really close. Our friendship with our, our you know our. Um, relationship was so close and also we were like athletes we both did cross country and we were like one really of the boys one of the lads we, weren't we yeah and we got on really well with the boys and i think that some girls didn't like that and they thought we were like flirting with the guys but we literally just would being ourselves you know working together quite being, tomboys weren't we yeah we did like every single sport under the sun we were not girly girls at, at all, all. <laughs> and we had a lot of trouble in school with girls being nasty to us and even some guys got caught up with the girls, you know, as you became less <laughs> relevant at um, yeah. school, people would just be I remember, horrible. I think I, I, was, I was going out with one of the, one of the guys from school um, back in the day when you were at MSM and he broke up with me by MSM <laughs> because <laughs> one of the popular girls was like, you have to break up with her, otherwise, you know, you're not going to hang out of our group. So he broke up with me so he could fit in with the, you know, the, the popular group or whatever. So that was like, 
I was like, oh my God, I'm I'm really not relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> and at school's a hard time. Like you want to fit in. It's all about like image and being, you know, like it is, you, you want to be popular. You want to be involved in all the cool things. You know, you don't really take, you know, obviously you're, you're there to learn, but obviously it's like so much peer pressure. It's so much pressure in images was everything. Well, back back then, back obviously then, yeah. not now. Obviously when you're 14, 15, you, you want to fit in feel, with your friends, yeah. you, you fancy guys or girls or whatever. And you just want to like, Social things were so important, you know. Youth Me club. and Simone missed loads growing up. We could up. go to youth clubs. We were always training. training. So, for example, we used to miss out on all the fun things that everyone would talk about the day after. And we'd be like, well, we were training, running around the track, you know, our dad telling us we used to do this and this and this and working hard. And then we'd miss all the events. And then that's, you know, we'd slowly feel like we're getting pushed out of the loop. And, and you know, and, and that was like the start of it, really. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in there that I want to pick up on. Uh, for example, when you're talking about the school and being around a school, there are different places for you to be in. So, for example, in my school, around where the lockers were, that's where the popular kids sat. And if you weren't popular, you'd sit by the computers and everyone had their defined space of where they sat and how they fitted in. What you said about MSN is um, something that obviously the generation now wouldn't understand. But for yeah. our generation, MSN was everything. Yeah. Actually, everything. And I made a lot of friendships on MSN because I was like, well, I would never talk to you in school, but on MSN, I was more comfortable to do that. 100%. So when the two of you are together, you're kind of almost seen as a one. So when you are on MSN, for example, and for those that don't know what MSN is, it's like WhatsApp, but it was like on the computer. So it was done by you adding an email address. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, we would get these massive chain emails with... 100 email addresses and you'd search through to know uh, to see who you knew from school and you'd add their email address mm-hmm. and that's literally how you got them so the two of you when you were away from school and you're talking to people you're a bit more individualistic yeah so yeah. did you ever feel that you were individuals to anyone or did you feel like you came as a two and that was it and that's the way you would be seen i think um, definitely in school although we were completely separated like we weren't in the same classes our mum made sure we were completely separated we always met up at lunch or breaks or whatever. Had so, the same friends. But, every, but literally from the day dots when we um, went to secondary school, people just knew us because we were so identical. It was like, boys, oh, they're twins, or girls, oh, they're twins. It was just instantaneously, we were just known as the twins. It was like, yeah, we couldn't um, even break away from being like individual. And then on MSN, um, yeah, we did have our own identity. Um, but then again, we would, like, if I was going to sign in on my account because obviously we have one computer we're sharing someone would be sitting next to me and we'd be talking <laughs> on my msn and then we'd like sign out and go on to someone's and, <laughs> and talk to the same people but they think it'd be like us by ourselves but we'd always do everything together you know that's how we roll <laughs> which is a great thing but then as you said when you're trying to find a boyfriend and you're talking to someone did you ever step on each other's toes that it was actually look, this is my space or I want to be in the lounge now or I want to be in the bedroom now. I, I, you know, this is my time to actually get to know someone. Yeah, finding boyfriends is difficult being a twin and all the twins out there will understand. be able to relate and understand because the bond we have is so it's so unique and it's so close and it's, um, it's like I'm one of four but the bond between Swan and I because we're twins is so much more stronger than it is to my sisters, you know, and I love them dearly but the bond we have is just unbreakable. You know, it really is. And that's just how it is. <laughs> so who's more important in a relationship then, the boyfriend or what you both think of each other? No, I think it's a, a split right down the middle. Obviously, we're very, very close, but I think we both, you know, we need, you know, we're 
25, so I think it's important that we do find people that will understand and adapt to how close we are in our work, etc. But it's very, very, very important for us to have our own time, have our own individuality, because that's, you know, we, we, that we're entering that sort of, like, the next stage in our life, do you know what I mean? We're not, like, teenagers anymore, we're not, you know, kids at school. Of course, but, I mean, it's still difficult... I, you know, if I'm seeing someone new, it's very important for that person to get on with someone. Yeah, very important. You know, and if she, <laughs> like, and if she doesn't like them, then that's a big issue because it puts pressure on my relationship with that person. And if they don't get on with her... So it's for me, it's finding that balance of a guy that will understand the whole twin thing, but also get me as Danielle as well. Because I'm very independent believe it or not <laughs> but um yeah they have to you know you have to make a bit of um you know allowance you know because it is we are very close and that and that but it's just it's what we know it's all we know being a twin you know we're very close um sometimes it can be unhealthy and we need our time apart which is like a good thing you should do that but then sometimes we really need each other well it's very career driven and we know that being together is stronger than being apart so that's you two being twins and obviously as you said you're 25 now um we're gonna talk about obviously about how we all know you which is through shipwreck soon but first i want to talk about body confidence of you so both of you i've seen on instagram obviously as models uh, modeling for brands but you've been modeling for quite a while when you are modeling what are the insecurities that you notice within yourselves um i mean there's loads obviously isn't there because being a female it's always you think I mean, it's a hard... I feel like being a female, you're always going to have little things that you hate about yourself and that you're going to want to change. But then you've got to think about some person will look at you and think, oh, wow, that's what I want. I want to aspire to that and her confidence. So you have to kind of channel that um, and not be so hard on yourself because we are only human beings. But of course, like, if you're having a photo taken of you, there is going to be angles that you really don't like. But that's just normal. We all have... You know, Good we, angles and bad angles. Exactly. It's just the way cameras you know casting directors do a, like they have a very um specific look what they're looking for and you, you'll either fit the brief or you won't i mean we've done a f- obviously we're dancers we've done a few jobs where you know they've said to us do you mind um toning up a little bit um you know could you work on your arms you know for you know if we've done movies and music videos and it's you know directors and, and that they're all entitled to their own opinion because this is what they want so you've got to sort of um adapt to that but obviously it's very um you know it does it doesn't just go through one out the other you take it on board and you think you go home like oh my god right maybe i'll have that salad or maybe i will go to the gym <laughs> but it's the industry that we signed up for we knew what we're getting ourselves into when we trained for three years at dance school you know they it's a life that we chose and we you know you have to just like suck it up we've got very thick skin now due to the industry you know from training at Swindon for three years at dance school you know they were hard really hard on us and you know and you take that on the chin so when you get out in the real world and you work you realize okay it's real and you have to just like put on a brave face but then let's go for it you have got to put on a brave face but at the same time like you said we are there's only so much one person can take do you know what I mean obviously we did sign up the industry but it is still there's a lot of pressure yeah it's definitely a lot of pressure and you know I constantly feel like you need to look 
in certain ways. And some days are better than other days because you might just be having a bad day. Just woke up one day and you're not feeling great, and you have or you're someone <laughs> and someone tells you something, you know, which might be quite insignificant, but it's amplified because you're having a bad day. You take that home with you and you get really low and you get really down, which is why I'm lucky to have someone to boost you up so don't listen to that don't you know, take away the negativities and think about the positives you have going on in your life and that I feel like that's my blessing having you there to tell me because by myself be I would implode do yeah, you know what I mean? absolutely I think it's definitely hard for you know women or men to, to go in this sort of industry and, and have to deal with these pressures and you know maybe not have anyone to talk to about it and it you know it would be silly to say it doesn't get to you everyone you know the strongest person in the world will still say actually that has affected me because it's, it's only natural isn't it yeah and what about the rejection then so if you're accepting it and you've built up these hard skins do you f- still feel rejected as models or are you like do you know what it's just another casting it's not me it's just what they're looking for wasn't me at that moment in time yeah so it used to really get to me um when we didn't get a job but now because like if you get rejected now i'm like do you know what i didn't fit the brief onto the next yeah and you had to think like that because it's life just goes a job on. yeah just, just a job just hustle for the next one <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so let's talk about shipwreck so obviously we know your experience so um one of you was on it and they said to you right let's split up i don't want to know about the specifics of the show but i want to know what happened after the show and the effect of after the show so you know you became individuals on that show mm-hmm. when you both left the island you're back and you're watching it on as we watched on e4 what was the reaction like to you it was very surreal and strange watching it back yeah obviously it's hard it was hard we had obviously we had friends over but me and Dee both cried it was like because it was opening all these wounds because it's really hard to explain. Even though it's just TV, it's feelings. people don't, yeah, don't fly me halfway across the world knowing the situation what I was going through with my family and, and telling me, you know, you're not going to come, you know, this is going to be good for both of you. And then to just send me packing and to really not have that great aftercare. You know, I was really, really low. Not many people know about actually how bad it affected me like I'm a very strong person and and they knew that when they booked me for the the show that I was the strongest one out of both of us but I definitely feel like because I said that they it, it was manipulated like they used it to to their advantage but they didn't actually realize how much or how broken I was after because there was no support. I tried to reach out to one of the psychiatrists, but he was very busy with the Big Brother. Something to do with I, I wasn't obviously aware what happened with Big Brother, but he was busy helping a few people on that show. So I felt a bit embarrassed to keep ringing, so I stopped. And then you know you you message the cast and directors. They say they're going to get you in for, inter- you know, for interviews to set up this that, and the other. Everything falls through. No one's really there. Obviously, Danielle's halfway across the world. I can't confide in her. Um, and I just felt, probably for the first time, like, I felt by myself. And yeah. I was like, it was a very, very surreal. I think you felt let down as well. I've got, I felt very let down. And I was like, and I was angry because I was like to the um, producers, let me know how someone's doing. And they said she's doing fine. But when I got back from the show, someone hadn't been doing well at all like in fact my mum was so scared um for her mental health and her health because she wasn't eating you know you you were in bed you didn't get out of bed um 
And that's unlike Simone. Simone is the most driven, motivated, motivational person I know. Mm-hmm. So when I heard this, I was like, oh my God. This it's is, like, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. It's like I went, on, I went on a show to just... Destroy to everything. Get, to get broken down, basically. I, thought, I just went on something to just to tear me apart. And it was like... And they knew that our dad was terminally ill at the time. And they did this to you as well. That's so unfair. Yeah, it was very, very hard. I, I think I show Instagram, I show my, my you know, the fan base of followers... You know that I have this persona that everything's great. Like I went, obviously I went, back, I went back to work, but it took me like a week to like even say to my boss that I'm back. You know, I lied, said it was all part of the plan. Like it was, you know, this is what it's for because I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my god, and I had no one to talk to. Obviously my mum, but it's like you can't burden her because she's also yeah, got her. Yeah, everyone's got their own. And I was like, oh my god, I feel like. An idiot, really. I was like, oh my God, I've done this to myself. I didn't really know. Well, they sold us this dream that it'd be like, someone and I got this opportunity to go on an island together, you know, and we'd have a great never time. One, they never once said that. friends, yeah. They never once said that mum was going to come home. They never once said that, ever. Obviously, there was twists and turns. They didn't really specify the twists and turns, but we found out what the twists and turns were. And obviously, when you had to go home. So that was quite shocking for both of us. How's your dad at the moment? Um, sadly, um, we lost our dad four months ago. Okay. So, yeah, it's been hard. So, obviously, when you filmed Shipwrecked last year, it was getting quite bad. Did they keep you updated with how your dad is? Were they in contact with your mum at all times, telling you this is the situation with your dad today to keep you in that loop? So, I had... Oh, well, originally, we wanted phone calls. Like We, we thought we'd be entitled to like, at least one phone call a week because, obviously... You know, it's a very difficult situation. And it's not to do with you being on TV. This is a real... This is just, this is just you know, life. being human. Just being yeah. given yeah. someone... You know, we both... You know, our dad was like, look, girls, please take this opportunity. You know, I want you to do this and, and live your life. And he was like, look, there might be a chance I might not be here when you get back, but I really want you to take it. So it was hard for us to even get on... Trust me, like the, I think the day before we were going to fly out, we were like, I don't think we can do this. We we can't leave down. And then like, for them is... to to do what they did was like and then they when they did something nice they came round to show us no, the episode. No, but before that, um they only gave me weekly texts. I think it was a week well, it was meant to be weekly text texts from my dad, but I I think it was like every ten days. And on it his birthday was when I was on the show and they didn't even like let me ring him. All I got was a text, and that and like, I I cried. I cried that night. I was on the beach by myself. Like even though it's TV and, and everyone's got to have their jobs and stuff, but you need to put into perspective that people are going through real. It's this is real life. Like, they didn't have to book us. They could have got two other twins. You know that there was probably more twins they could have got. So maybe they should have picked two twins that are probably a bit more stronger. Although we are strong, but what they did was was break two girls down, going through real hard shit, do you know what I mean? Um, and being so young as well and having yeah. to deal with it. And I had to I had to deal with it by myself on the island. Like, I had no communication. So when I got low, like, I got low. I'm lucky that the support from the friends I made on the show really helped me get through it because without that, like, I don't know what I would have done. Like, I, I, I wanted to leave. I told the producers, I want to leave, book me a flight home. Just give it one more day. Let's see how you do, Danny. And every day I felt 
they kind of convinced me that I needed to be an individual and try things by myself. Which is fair enough. Which is, I, I, yeah. I totally agree with that. And that was good because I did learn a lot about myself, but it was still hard, you know, it was still very difficult. Over the past couple of months, aftercare has been the massive thing with reality shows. Now, you've touched on the aftercare shipwreck wasn't what you thought it should have been. And this is a big thing. For the first ever time this year, aftercare is actually in the news. And it's not just you do a TV show, you come out, you watch it, you do Instagram, it's all great. This is the first time we've actually had to think, okay, hold on a minute. These are real people going on a TV show and they don't know what to do afterwards and they've got no one to turn to. What didn't happen but you thought should have happened with your aftercare after shipwreck? Well, for me personally, um, because of the, the circumstances of having a terminally ill dad, I felt like sometimes it was quite hard to reach out to the psychiatrist, you know, because he was busy. Maybe they should have reached out to me saying, do you know what, someone's going to come around and speak to you? Because sometimes I just needed somebody. Just someone like, I, I was want, I just wanted to run. I was in like... I was like frustrated and in, my head was everywhere. I didn't know who to turn to. I was, I was embarrassed. I was, I don't know. I wish I never sold myself to be so strong because I feel like it being so strong sort of hindered me in a way because it broke me. So I feel like I had to rebuild myself. And not everyone is, not being big headed, but not everyone is as strong as I am to do that. Um, so some people can't get themselves out of that rut. And I know how bad the rut can be because I was there and I was like oh my god yeah I mean it was the first ever tv show we'd ever done I wasn't really sure what to expect with aftercare or anything but we after the uh, after we got back in the UK they gave us our little paper form things and I still didn't hear from them and what was on the paper form it was just things like um about um keeping it quiet social media press who who to talk to who shouldn't we talk to um, just in like a little like um, leaflet. So literally worrying about themselves rather than actually you, as protecting then, themselves yeah. and protecting the show. Yeah. So for us not to tell anyone that we were on the show, it was top secret. All this stuff, and then when the show started to like get advertised, oh, we were then relevant again. Yeah. So but it was like when I got off the show, they they met me at the airport, but I felt like they were selling me things like, "Don't worry, it's going to be great for you. We're going to get you on this. We're going to get you on that." They almost were like. I was, I was manipulated. I was in, I was so low. I just flew half across the world to have no sleep. Had this experience, got ripped away from me. Had to fly all the way home. My head was everywhere. I felt like they said everything they had to say to keep me quiet. It's still quite hard to talk about. I still feel quite embarrassed about it. But because, but you shouldn't. Because I, I don't want girls to go on the show or or have the same issues that I've had or someone's maybe someone's passed away or someone's terminally ill. You just have to be strong. I I, I just don't want young girls that are messaging me saying, oh, oh, shit, it was amazing. You know, you're so inspirational letting her stay. But you've got to be strong to, to go through that. You don't, I don't That's want like, the outer shell. That's yeah. the outer shell. I don't want like a young 18-year-old going on it and then having it taken away from them and they're not being as strong as me and then they're doing something stupid because that's the worst that's not what that's not what should happen after a TV show you should be excited and happy and it's a, it's a new do you know what I mean new experience and stuff wow that was so brave and so honest to come forward and say the aftercare wasn't good enough and also to talk about your feelings it's not easy to talk about those deep feelings because it's so easy 
to store them away. And as soon as you open that can of worms, especially if someone's died, you try to forget those moments around the death, that week after, the week after a death where you don't know what happened. It Every day blurs into one and it's just the most horrible time. So for the girls to really open up about their dad is just, you know, they're, they're inspirational for doing that, really inspirational because it is so important that we talk. Now, talking of talking, it's over to my next guest. My next guest is starring in Napoli, Brooklyn, all around the UK, so you can go and get tickets to it right now. She's performing for, uh, until July, at the Park Theatre. She's doing a four-week residency at the Park Theatre. It's Georgia Mayfoot. Now, you'll remember Georgia Mayfoot from doing Strictly Come Dancing with Giovanni back in 2015, getting to the final. You'll remember her from being in Coronation Street as Katie Armstrong, and you'll remember her, if you're old enough, uh, from when she was on Grange Hill as Alison back in the day. Now, she spoke to me all about having anxiety and also the power that social media has social media is wonderful it's done it's done great things for people raised a lot of awareness you know people have careers from it um but i do think sometimes it does make you compare yourself a lot when you probably wouldn't do that if you was just walking past someone in the street um but yeah i think like i said it is a great place it's a great platform but i know that it does make people feel quite insecure and i do suffer from that what i like about your instagram is you see so many variations of yourself so we see you acting so we see you doing your self tapes and what you have to get through to get an audition which for us it's like oh well she's done coronation street obviously she's gonna get a job Mm. uh and then we see you of your dad and we see you Mm. taking the mickey out of your mum which i love by the way oh thanks (laughs) and then we see you promoting brands and doing that influencer lifestyle so when you're looking at your Instagram, are you doing lots of different things for yourself or for your audience? And what's the reaction like to that? I think I've always been someone who's tried to make their Instagram quite real. Um, like, you know, I do do silly things on there, like I said, taking the mick out of my mum and dad. And I do, you know, do stuff without makeup on. I'm not really bothered about looking silly. Um, I do use it to promote products that I do believe in and I do think are wonderful and I would use myself. Um and I do talk openly about anxiety and depression on there. Um, I just try and use it as kind of a, a positive place. But also I will, you know, put my foot down and say when something is upsetting me or I'm not happy about something. So I just try and use it as a very realistic platform um, because I think sometimes everything can look too nice. And I think it's good to be honest. And where did your anxiety start? Um, I, feel, I, mean, I think I've, you know, I've grown up in the industry my whole life and I think anxiety is... Um, it's a very lo- it's a very loosely used word, and I think it does get kind of misconceived a lot because people use it in the wrong context. You know, they're like, "Oh, I've got anxiety," and I'm like, "Love you, if not, you're just tired." Oh, you know, and I'd rather like... wear it as a badge of honour yeah, to say I've got anxiety. Pe- yeah, some people do, and I think when you actually genuinely suffer from it, it is something that is it's it's quite terrifying, and it's really hard to actually be open and admit that's what it is. Um, but I know being open about it is what helped me. And I think it's just something I've had for a long time. I think last year there was a lot of um, situations that kind of boiled over into a big issue and I, and I kind of just really struggled. But I'm definitely on the mend now, so it's good. What are your coping mechanisms at the moment that you're doing? Uh, a lot, I do a lot of reading. Um, I go through so many books in a week. It's mental. I didn't even know I could read this quick. Um, that's definitely something for me is, you know turning my phone off, sitting down and reading a good book. Because um, I'm not going to lie, I get stuck scrolling on my phone all the time. Um, spending time with family and friends. My friends are incredible. Um, I love spending time with my family, my boyfriend. You know, it's it really kind of is a great thing to do. It's just switch off and actually see what's in front of you and around you. And that usually makes you happy. And is it easy to do that, to really escape and actually take focus and go, actually, do you know what? I am living a good life. 
Yeah, I've, I mean, obviously there's times where it can be really difficult. I still have days where I just think, I don't want to get out of bed today, you know, like, that's okay and it's all right to not feel okay some days and I think that's the thing is we put so much pressure on ourselves to be constantly happy. Um, but sometimes you're not and sometimes you feel like poo and you just want to just, you know, have a, have a takeaway and get in bed and watch a film. That's all right, that's okay. But then some days you do need to give yourself a kick and go, you know, get out, go and get some fresh air, go and do what makes you happy and... It's just about balance, I think. I think, you know, it's it's difficult for anybody to have a balance, but you, once you get there, you're all right. And that's it for another podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Georgia May Furt and to the Collins Twins. If you like what you've heard, please give it a five-star rating, leave a comment and share it on your social media channels. I cannot make this podcast successful without your help. And it's okay to not be okay. Until next time, I've been Johnny Seafurt. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>